What is up, everyone? Welcome to Bangers and Mosh, the podcast for heavy music. We're your hosts, Jimmy, Daz, and Def. What's going on, boys? Gang. Yeah. Love Nam. Nam. <laughs> Style. <laughs> <laughs> Old China Mosh crew. Right. Today's show is the next in our mixtape series and we are digging into the back catalogue of one of the most important and influential labels ever in the world of rock and metal roadrunner record (laughs) yeah double r we ain't talking about team rocket or rough riders it's road runner baby (laughs) i saw you i saw you talking about that on twitter this week does i was killing myself (laughs) i didn't know what the fuck you were going on about i was like team rocket what the fuck is that you've never seen pokemon no wow team rocket i've never heard of it wow have you seen it jim uh yeah yeah i know because obviously i've got Two boys, isn't it? Two young. Uh, oh, so right. when they were younger, yeah, they. Well, I don't even it. have. I don't even have that excuse. <laughs> <laughs> that is just a big nerd. Oh, I fucking loved it, man. <laughs> oh, so we've sort of covered in these mixtape shows so far. We've covered genres, haven't we? We've done like death metal, new metal. So we thought it'd be try something a bit different on this on this one. Um, so we've picked a label. It had to be Roadrunner as the first label that we selected. It had to be. Um, I mean, growing up, when we did Death, getting into metal in the early 90s, Roadrunner, everything on Roadrunner was essential, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, Every, you knew when a release came out, you had to have it. They were, they were the big players back in the day. Yeah, 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 absolutely knew it. Um, so what we've done is um, we've picked... Seven of our favourite tracks each from the uh, from the back catalogue of Roadrunner, um, and we'll be we'll be discussing the songs, um, essentially compiling a mixtape live on air. Um, and we have done there'll be a playlist on Spotify and one on Apple as well. So after the show, you can go and you can go and listen to the mixtape in full. Um, so just on on Roadrunner, they were found founded in 1980, same as me and you, Def. Yeah, the same age. Yeah, yeah. So forty-one years old, <laughs> same as me and uh, same as me and Def. <laughs> um, fa- founded in the Netherlands by, I think his first name is C C E S Vessels, um, and since then, uh, you know, Roadrunner has introduced the world to some of the biggest, the best, the most influential metal acts and albums in the history um, of our music, essentially. So, um. I don't know. Do you boys remember your first when you first came across Roadrunner? Because I was thinking about this the other day. Blind, and um, great shout. I remember digging through my dad's CD collection when I was young, really young. And um, there was an album called Mind's Eye by a, a guitar virtuoso called Vinnie Moore um, that my dad had in his CD collection. And I used to flick through the booklets and look at the pictures and stuff like that. And I remember seeing the little Roadrunner lo- logo in the bottom of the of the booklet. Um, so the name Roadrunner and the logo and everything has just been hand hand in hand with music for me for as long as I can remember, essentially. Yeah, well, it's uh, easy enough one for me uh, because it was Home of Slipknot's debut album. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Self-titled album. So, so that was that was like easy for me. And like what you were saying earlier about um, it being like an essential 
potential record label for you guys obviously like i'm younger than you but it would have the same uh like importance you know what i mean like the yeah. impact they they just like owned the world man roadrunner records like they you know for, for your generation and, and mine as well yeah yeah absolutely yeah um, can you remember yours there for, I suppose, I suppose you've been around about the same time as me, really, wouldn't it? Oh, I think I've got, f- in my head, I'm thinking it could have been Fear Factory, but I think there was, it might have been Chaos AD in 93. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think, because I think that was really the first time I would have got into Sepultura. I'm sure it was Chaos AD. If not, it would have definitely have been fit. It might have been something before that. So it was around between 93 and 95, but I yeah. think it was Chaos AD. I'm sure it was. Yeah. So, you know, massive, massive impact on all of our musical tastes as we were, as oh, we were yeah. growing up. So let's boot this tape off then. Um, Daz, I think you're kicking us off with the opening track, mate. So what have you got? I've got Fear Factory taken from the demanufacture album which was obviously uh was it 26 years old last yeah. sunday of yes, recording yeah mate um so yeah that's worked out quite nicely so that was released in on june the 13th in 1995 a ripe old year i would have been 10 blimey mate core what track have you got what track have you picked off the album I've got self-biased resistor, mate. It's got oh, to be yes. in it. It's my oh, favourite. That's, that's my favourite, mate, off the uh, off that album. It's it's got to be, man. Like I was just playing this album at the gym um, yesterday, and it's still remarkable. And it? it's like a classic. Um, you know, but Burton's cleans are like uplifting, cathartic. It's almost what's the word that I thought about? Like gospel. Gospel yeah, 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 sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's almost as if he's like in a church and you've got <clears> some stained glass windows. And that yeah, incredible yeah. voice. Yeah, and he was really um, the first one to bring that into the forefront of metal, wasn't he? That shout is shouted chorus, um, shouted verse, clean, clean chorus. He was really one of the very first to do that, and you know you hear it in metal all the time now. So trailblazing, really. Yeah. It, it's just i just think this track's just incredible like it just it feels too good head banging along to it's got a mad breakdown in it towards the end yeah, as well yeah, yeah yeah um you know raymond herrera they've um you know tagged him as maximum effective pulse generator well I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that because yeah. this guy was legit sent from the fucking skynet Mate, <laughs> like to come record this album. <laughs> mate, crazy it, drum work. I remember, like me, me and Defra obviously discovered this album at exactly the same time, and I just remember listening to it, being like, "What the fuck is this?" Like, it just felt like otherworldly. Like, it was the it was the it was the guitar before. it was the guitar sounds, wasn't it? It sounded yeah. nothing like we'd heard in, before in sync with those double bass <clears throat> drums so they were like it was in sync with each other wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah like what the fuck is this and um i remember they, they did a live version of this on headbangers ball oh um, sick which is the first time i saw them so obviously like we used to record headbangers ball every week and, oh yeah yeah fear factory did self bias resistor you can find it online um if you just oh, type it out and it's really really fucking good yeah and i just remember that was the first 
first time I saw them. But Dev, we like rinsed this album, didn't we? Oh, mate, yeah. yeah. I mean, like you said, as soon as it came out, uh, I mean, I think that was the our first sort of interaction with them. But yeah, we couldn't put this album down. I mean, it was just, it was just amazing because it was so different. It was so different even then to what yeah, it was, was out. It was that industrial. It was heavy, but it just it just had everything you wanted. You know, he had it's, those dancey think, tracks, you no know, new breed. That's very sort of dance floor in it, and that it just had a blend of of everything. But uh, yeah, self bias resistor man is a fucking worldie. Yeah, it ensures you'll never miss neck day at the gym, mate. If you play this, on the <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, mate, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, man. It's, the um, I've got a feeling we might be talking about the manufacturer quite a lot uh, in an in an upcoming show. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, be yeah, yeah, I can't say shit. too much more about that, that record, but uh, yeah, I think <clears> it's <throat> safe to say it'll be coming up for a couple of us, won't it? So, um, yeah, yeah. but self bias resistor, mate, what a fucking way to kick off a uh, quintessential fear factory chain, yep, yeah, man, a quintessential roadrunner release, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, so def or track two, mate, track two, right? I'm kicking off with the Titans and Roadrunner. Well, they've been on, I think they've been on Roadrunner all their career is Trivium. Uh, the track I've gone for is Kirisut Goman, the opening oh. track of Shogun, which is personally my favourite Trivium album. I think it's fucking amazing. Um, it was their fourth album. It's released 23rd of September 2008. Um, it was sadly the last to feature drummer Travis Smith. Uh, it's a sort of it was a bit different, wasn't it, um, Shogun? It was a bit of a concept album, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, the track, obviously, Kirisu Goman is based on a samurai expression, and there's a couple of translations for it. Uh, so it translates as authorization to cut and leave or exemption to take down and cast aside. So it's got quite a lot of meaning, just in two words. It's got quite a lot of meaning. So if you're from London, basically shanking someone up. Yeah, and I think the big (laughs) clue in it is when, um, in the chorus, when he says, I'll take their fucking heads. I mean, you can't get more samurai than that, innit? No, mate. To be fair. That bit hits hard, doesn't it, when he sings that? I think the whole track, you know what I mean? It's got that melodic intro, you know, it builds up, it builds up. As soon as um, Matt's vocals come in, you know, it's just a crescendo, you know, well-timed, drumming's excellent, the riffs are superb. Matt's vocal, his his ability, the way he sings on this particular track is just awesome. You know, the chorus comes out of nowhere, you know, and that's one thing I like what Trivium do is you never know what's coming around the corner because they always change it up. You never get the same sort of track. It's always completely different. And I think with that track, as, as especially as an opening track on that album, it's just, you know, sort of six minutes odd of just pure brilliance, I think, from them. Yeah, man, it's a great track. A great track. Um, obviously, I think you could have probably picked one of a million yeah. Trivium songs yeah, to go so on there. But so that's cool that it's cool that you went on probably their most underrated album, Shogun. So. I think so. I think so. I think a lot, yeah. you know, a lot of people like Ascendancy because it's probably more fresher. You know, I think the last two albums have been fucking brilliant. I but mean, Shogun, 
Shogun is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought I'd just chat that in, and you're just like, <laughs> like through a rights fan and works. He was trying to carry on talking. You're just like, wait, what did he just say? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> just well, I haven't even up. listened to it, but I need to. I need to. Yeah, oh, mate, it's, 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 it's a great album, honestly. It is. Yeah, mate. I see a lot. Yeah, of, so... I actually see a lot of hype about it. Yeah, yeah, it's well deserved, man. As well, yeah. it's well deserved. I well, think you, well I think with it, most yeah. trivium albums, you can't go wrong. Yeah, yeah and, uh, but that track is it. It just stands out to me all the time. I think over their their catalogue, so that's why I went for that one. Mate, you had me at take their fucking heads. Yeah, yeah right. Mate, yeah, that, exactly. That Come is, on, that bit is so sick in that chorus. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, trivium, trivium track two. Right. So track three, Def, talking about a song that builds and builds and builds. I've gone for. Um, Machine Head, A Thousand Lies. Um, so obviously from the monumental Burn My Eyes released in 94, this is my favourite track off that album. Um, just always has been, man. Like this, um, this obviously we were saying before, this 90s mid-period uh, is the definitive era of Roadrunner for us. Yeah, 100%. Of, like the impact it had on growing up. And this track, man, I just remember... I remember the first time I heard this, it was like that fucking insanely catchy chorus that this song's got. Like that slow, menacing, like intro that just builds and builds and builds. Yeah, And then it kicks, uh, yeah, that riff, it kicks into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the verse, people have like, I've said this all the time, Rob Flynn has had that hip hop delivery in his vocals right from the since very that beginning. album yeah you since that album yes yeah. this, this the verses yeah. in this track are essentially like hip-hop the way he flows over the track of uh, over the top yeah of the yeah track. yeah um, yeah i agree and then you've got that fucking killer pre-chorus um and then just honestly for my money this is one of the best metal choruses of the whole 90s like that you tell a thousand lies been told it's so catchy mate it's but just the so breakdown, like, it's yeah. the breakdown in the mate, middle. That's the cherry. That. I'm, get, oh, I'm getting to that there. Keep, keep the warmth of the door, son. Woo! Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, that bit, it's that fucking riff in the middle, Death. Like, oh. you know, do, 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 and then it just fucking builds. Go. It's just, oh, mate. I've said this before, isn't it? but he used to wrap an ice cube verse over the top of that bit when they played that live. So you've got that riff, and then he used to rap over the top of it. Um, I need to find out what Ice Cube track it was, but it used to sound so fucking cool, man. And it goes into a wicked solo, in it, off that as well. Yeah, the solo is wicked. But it, like, just we were talking about, like, Machina quite a lot with their ability just to change pace and that. And that solo, all of a sudden, the song just goes off super thrashed, doesn't it, with that yeah, solo yeah, yeah. on top of it. Oh, and then, obviously, that riff comes back at the end, doesn't it? But with Rob, yes, slow. Yes, that's <laughs> mad. It gets it's mad. Slower and slower until it gets down to that. You think it's never going to end, did it? You think how slow are they actually going to go? It's just such a genius way to end a song. Like it's, oh fucking car, mate. I know you love that track. I know you love. If it was going to be a machine edge track on it, it was always going to be that for you. Yeah, like obviously. Davidian, Old, Block, they're the big hitters from that album. But this is my favourite, probably my favourite Machine Head song ever, I'd say. Oh, fucking so good. And Crushing Grooves, mate. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mate. That album. <laughs> yeah. That album. <laughs> Machine Head. 
fucking thousand lies. What a tune, bruvs. So, uh, track four, Daz. Track four. Um, I have picked Il Nino um, with the song Rip Out Your Eyes. Oh, wow, wow. okay. Me. Yeah, from the album Revolution, Revolution. Um, dropped on September the 18th, 2001. Um, are you two fans of this band? I've got the album, yeah. I, th- that, I think album. that's the only album I've done, I think, yeah, from them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a classic. It's, it's, it is a classic, yeah. 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 It's the best one. Um, I just rinsed the shit out of this when I was younger. I fucking loved this album. Um, South American new metal, really. I would say, you know, Latin and flamenco influences all over this. Um, yeah, that was a weird. I've n- never heard anyone do that before. There's like them yeah, Spanish I, flamenco guitars and stuff, isn't there? Yeah, and also like the um, there's like a Brazil, like completely Brazilian lyrics and stuff as well, like that he'll do, and switches between the two, which are quite like. I mean, obviously, there's comparisons between. Um, Soulfly and Sepultura and all that lot, but that's, yeah. that's well, anything right Brazilian. Me. There always is going to be that, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, they obviously took a lot of influence from you know those bands, but they also incorporated a lot of elements of the new metal, like sort of like Linkin Park, you know. But mm. they just did it so well. The uh, heavy and melodic um, sort of sound with like the tribal drums. I loved. Yeah. Um, you know, the clean vocal passages and that um, on this record throughout, on this song as well, just stick in your head, you know, the choruses and that. They were some huge choruses in this. Um, and Mark Rizzo played on this record and then he left to go and join Soulfly. He's, so, yeah, he's a phenomenal guitarist as well, man. Mm. Is this your favourite track off the album, Daz? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely like my favorite um, track off of this album. Um, what was the um, what was the big the big one that came off this? The, oh, the, they... the chorus was that. Um, I've got nothing to say. Oh, they had yeah. What comes around? That yes, was, that's weren't it. it? That's it. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah, was around, and the other one off of this album that they dropped was what the bloody hell was it called? Ha. Nope. Let me have a quick look. God save us. That was a tune as well. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm after revisit this. Um, revisit this album. It's been it's been oh, years it's, since it's I listened to it. It's a great it, album. It? It's a great album. As I said, like you know, it's just like Sepultura, or Soulfly, like mixed in with like some Linkin Park and yeah. like you know maybe even a bit of Limp Biscuit to a degree. To be honest with you, like, but they yeah, blended yeah. all the styles so well. And it's heavy as fuck as well. I love this album. I thought it was great. Sweet. So that was Il Nino. What was the track again, Dad? Sorry, you picked? Uh, Rip Out Your Eyes. Rip Out Your Eyes. Right, I'm gonna have to, yeah. yeah, I'll have to revisit that one. Um, Odd song title. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So we've had a lot of ripping off heads and eyes so far, haven't we? It's been, uh, it's been quite a yes, violent part to the show. It has to be. <laughs> uh, so definitely. <laughs> what's, what's up next, mate? What, what we we are wise? going... We are going back to Brazil, funnily enough, and it's worked out perfect. And it's probably one of my favourite bands ever, Sepultura, with oh, nice. Attitude. Oh, what a track. 
off the fucking underrated as hell album Roots. Well, it's, I think it's more controversial, isn't it, as a as an album, isn't I've, it? A lot of people hate I, it. Yeah, I'm going to do me sticking up for it yeah, because yeah. I think people don't understand why they've named it Roots and with the cover with the big cat on the front. <laughs> Why? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I only I only noticed that that was a tribal dude. Like, Mate, I the other went, week. I've, Fucking, I've lived my life thinking that that was. I don't it even must know have been it was. I about it was like a wooden sculpture or something. It must have been about a year ago, and it, there was something when it someone <laughs> wrote exactly the same. I never knew it was like a, a tribal like man, and I was like, it, I always thought it was a cat. And Jim wrote a comment like, "How stupid could you be?" So, and then I wrote to Jim. Wait, I thought it was a fucking cat. I couldn't see the eyes at the top. Oh, and Jim was like, no. years, Def. I've had that album. I've had so many different variants of that album. And I always thought, I didn't even know it was a fucking bloke. So every time I look at it now, I think, oh, Jesus Christ, it's like it's changed. I, wow. I, I never saw it. <laughs> Sorry, I Max. I never saw it. And someone posted something <clears throat> on Twitter with the, the pictures side by side. Yeah. And then I was just like, fuck off. Yes, I was like, how the hell did I not see that? It's like one of those magic eye puzzles, mate. Yeah. Oh well, God. I didn't, mate. I didn't till last year and it blew me mind. So, um, yeah. So this was the second track on the album. Obviously, the big single off here was Roots Bloody Roots. Uh, uh, Attitude was actually a single as well. I think it was actually the second single that yeah, was released was. on here. Uh Quite interesting facts. Um, Max's stepson, Dana, wrote the song lyrics and came up for the idea for the video. Oh, sweet. For the That's track, sick. yeah. Um, the cut And also the cover of the single, I think it's all people with um, Sepultura tattoos on their wrists and arms. And that was inspired by Dana as well. So when you hear stuff like that, it already gives you more meaning for that album. Yeah, so it's quite, you know, yeah, a title and everything. Yeah, and the way Max sings it as well. Um, funny enough, when he joined Soulfly, they prefer, they performed a, a different version of this track, and it's actually on the self-titled Soulfly album called "The Song Remains Insane." Oh, but it's got different geez. lyrics, and I'll tell you what: when I listened to it, I thought, "How did I not know this before?" Oh, I didn't know that. So that's and this only and that only came out two years after this. No, I never knew that. Yeah, that's why it's cool because when you hear it, you think, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. But um, going back to attitude, this uh, roots. I love roots, and this track is definitely my favorite. You know that sort of tribal beginning when this track gets going. This is proper sepultura groove metal at its best. You know, the guitars sound fucking heavy as fuck. Eagles drumming. Get out of here, man. <laughs> it's just fucking superb. That sound on that yeah, drum man. is just ridiculous. Yeah. You know, Max's vocals, it goes mad at the end. It's just sort of three odd minutes of literally attitude from Max and from everyone else. And yeah. it's when you find out all these reasons, it just makes perfect sense. But I just think it's an underrated track, period. It is, mate. It absolutely is. It's a great... So I was listening to the playlist earlier on Shuffle and uh, Attitude came on and I was like, 
it's a banger in it it's a bad when it gets once it gets going when that do no 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 and he ah he just comes in it's like yes come on max yeah boy max was in the room then fucking hell yeah that was well good dan that was good thank you yeah but yeah it had to be it had to be attitude man it's an absolute fucking banger and just to get more people you know check out Roots. If you're not sure about Roots, get on it. It's fucking superb. The clue is in the title. They're going back to their tribal Brazilian heritage. That's why it sounds completely different to the sort of fresh era beneath the remains arise, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. Fully back. So, Sepultura Attitude. Okay, so my next track up, um, completely different vibe, but it is the track Here We Go by the band Shelter. Um, Fucking Krishna core melodic hardcore whatever the fuck you want to call it but this was released back in 95 and um oh. I'd never heard this band but again thanks to headbangers ball um I saw the video for this track on there mate it was you know one of them songs that you instantly love after one listen and you know it's going to be one of your favorite songs for the rest of your life uh, here, we th- here we I go. I think they had that effect though, didn't they, Shelter? I think just the oh, way mate. the way they structure their songs, you can't help but think that's a really catchy fucking track. Yeah, this is yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's two minutes yeah. thirty-eight. It's like infectious, catchy, fucking it's an absolute anthem, mate. Yeah, like, great. It's it's basically like three chords through through most of the song, the same three chords, but it's the way that they're structured and um ray capo's voice is in the is is really unique right his voice but it's full of like it's so soulful um yeah. it's got loads of character in it and when you listen to the song in the verse it almost sounds really lazy the way he's like singing he's like really like laid back and like chilled but then the ver- uh the chorus comes in and his voice just explodes it's it's almost like he's like deliberately done that style in the verse just so that the chorus has got more impact yeah, <clears throat> yeah very clever oh it's so great mate um you've got then that <clears throat> hook that we love not wisely but too well hook that's reprised a couple of times oh the way he sings that it's just oh, fucking hell i love this song um but yeah th- this track is what got me interested and sort of made me know what hardcore was um because i didn't really i'd never heard it before and then i heard this and i was like okay that's not punk and it's not metal so what is it and then i started like reading a bit more about what they were and i think it's because it was so melodic and so catchy and uh, so sort of anthemic that led me into more of that style of hardcore um which then led me into harder hardcore essentially so um but yeah this is just a great song mate it's, it's basically musical perfection this two minutes Two minutes thirty-eight. You can just play it. We talk about the replay factor quite a lot, don't we? This yeah. has that. 100%. This this track has just got it, mate. I could listen to this like ten times in a row and not. And it's good because they're like these are like a, a, a like a forgotten gem in its yeah. shelter. Yeah, they People, are. you know. Yeah, I was gonna, I was going to say like, were you were you into them as well, Dan? I yeah, good. good well, me and Jim, me and me and Jim. Um, yeah, I probably wasn't into it. More, I think I had the album. What this track was on, yeah, man. But um, yeah. again, like Jim said, it was sort of that sort of showcase into sort of hardcore metalcore, and you sort of then got into that more and appreciated that this, sort of side more because of 
yeah, this was a big track, like as well in the mid nineties. This was an anthem. It was always on like MTV Two, and yeah, I always used to see it on like MTV. That. Yeah, so I've never can... even heard of him until you put it in the playlist, Jim. This it's a banger, and you can hear like they're really revered in those circles, and you can hear their influence on bands like Turnstile and Higher Power. Like now, hundred yeah, percent, you can hear that. You can hear that influence that they still have today, and um, yeah, it's just a massive song, mate. Yeah, here we go. Here we go by Shelter. Um, so, right, Daz, back over to you, mate. Back <clears throat> over to me. So I've picked a song by a band that only did one album. The album oh. was titled Untitled. Dropped, <laughs> March, <laughs> dropped March 19th, 2002, which was like peak my adolescent years. Um, and the band's 5.0. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got this album as well. Yeah, fucking incredible record, man. Like, um, so the song I picked is The Infinity, which was obviously in the Resident Evil movie soundtrack. Which, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, the, yeah, it was. Yeah, it I was think that's like, where I first heard it. I think you know, yeah, so that did some bare numbers on you know, on the telly and that thing at the time. Um, six members cool. in this band. Um, I think one of the most talked about points of this record is probably the um, use of the chick chick kapow from yeah, the song yeah. Double X Minus. He just yeah, comes yeah. in, he's like chicken kapow. It's fucking solid as well. Um, I did read up a little bit about this um, record actually. Um, so the vocalist was 18 when God, they really? were writing this right now now this gets even more fucking nuts as well like so they've incorporated throughout this album themes of buddhism spirituality and all that sort of stuff so the lyrical depth within this this record is absolutely fucking bananas right so um i read that five the the the, the word five in the band name represents the fifth element of the earth which is everything from within the mind and the soul and then the point of the band name me uh, gives the element a sense a sense of direction and destination and then the zero stands for the absence of everything fucking hell you need a degree that's to very begin. that's a very technical name isn't it yeah because yeah, it just I'm sounds like, like a load of words they've just put together doesn't it yeah yeah, like when I was like that age, I was just like, yeah, fucking sweet. Like, you know what I mean? They were I um, sick. They were, I remember they were really like highly thought of as to being a massive big thing. They were going, they were like touted as the next fear factory and all this stuff at the time. I remember in like um, the magazines and stuff like that. And then, like you said, guys, they just vanished, didn't they? They did just vanish, um, which. I was incredibly upset about. However, I was happy and can be uh, and am happy to announce that I managed to see this band live in a small little venue in Brighton on the Roadrunner Road Rage Tour. I oh, think sick. it was in 2003 with Killswitch cool. Engage, 36 Crazy Fists and 5.0. I opened the show, so that was fucking cool. But um, <clears throat> Yeah, that's a line up that. Was there any yeah. reason why they only did one album? 
Was there any reason? You know what? I don't even know. Like they just <clears> sort of dropped this album, as Jim said. They were get, they were t- they were massive. Like this this album was, it's brilliant. Like it's got everything you would want to sort of hear on it. Like you know, the backing vocals like really deep. Um, the the main vocalist is is got like a really unique sort of voice and scream, and there's like rap like a bit of rapping and spoken word and. There's some atmosphere and keyboards and everything yeah, on this, but they just sort of just disappeared. Musically, it kind of it was kind of like a mashup between Still Remains and Fear Factory. Was like yeah. this, and um maybe a little bit of Deftones in the vocals as well, I think. Yep. Good shout that is, Jim. Yeah, definitely, mate. But it was, yeah, it was um yeah, like you're saying, they just kind of... I, I don't really know what the story was as to why nothing happened after that. But, yeah, the the album's really fucking cool if you haven't if you haven't heard it. Yeah, it's definitely, like, one of those... Like, it's another forgotten gem, gem, isn't it? Like, it's another... Yeah, yeah it's another one, like Shelter. Yeah, 100%. Without a doubt. This... this oh, I'm, I'm always gutted. Like, not a week goes by sometimes where I'm just like really wish they had a, like dropped a second record to see where yeah. they would have gone with it. You know what I mean? It was one of those sort of deals with that. But yeah, the Infinity was the uh, song I picked and it's the fucking Rager. Yeah, 5.0. Great, great pick that's out of uh, out of the box as well, that one. So, um, mm. Defa, what's, uh, what's the next track, mate? Well, it's a band who definitely have had more than one album and it's... The fucking incredible suffocation. Oh yes, mate. With the awesome Thrones of Blood, which is oh mate. Chef's kiss. Uh this was on the very highly regarded uh Pierce from Within album. So it's their third album. I personally it's the album that I've probably done most by suffocation. So when obviously we were devising this um playlist i felt i had to go over track from this album because it was one that i've done more and yeah, yeah. i know th- this was definitely the tune that you know s- stuck out for me really um it was released all all the way back 23rd of may 1995 blimey man the album runtime it's their longest album it's 45 minutes which in now day and age is not a bad run length finite for sort of some death metal albums yep um but the track i mean you boys know this track i mean it's Mm. i think the beginning just when that bass is kicking in it's (laughs) like death it reminds me of death as in the band death it's a very similar you know the guitar slides the bass and then it just goes into this you know it does not all hell breaks loose, but the, the song structure of suffocation is just so good. It's yeah, yeah, they knew how to. They knew how they to. Know to play. And when you've got someone, like, when you've got someone like Mike Smith on the drum kit, oh, yeah, I mean, like, Jesus Christ! Like I said in the, one of our group chat chats, he's probably in my top three drummers of all time. You know what I mean? You know you're getting gold standard with Mike Smith. You know what I mean? And he, yeah, yeah. this track. He is just sensational. You know, the way it goes from like a mid pace when it starts, it then goes to like a slow sludge. And it picks up to like a groovy, brutal riff, what they're more renowned for. There's so many different aspects of the track. And yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just, you can't go wrong with it. And for, you know, it, yeah, I remember, I remember when I first heard the album and this, 
this track in particular, and I was blown away. I mean, this is death metal yeah, done right. Fucking monolithic record, isn't it? Yeah. Suffocation were amazing, weren't they? They were, and especially these '90s albums. I mean, they were ridiculous. Well, mate, people are still trying to write songs that sound like this today, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the like... amount, yeah, the amount of bands we've covered and said, yeah, there's, you know, for fans of Suffocate, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It's, it's there. You know, you can't help. Yeah. Help it. We mention them like multiple so, uh, times yeah, yeah. every month, don't we? When we're talking about like yeah, new, exactly, new yeah. We, I think it was only the last, yeah, the last one we done. I think we mentioned them a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, we did. It's you know they're the leaders in that genre of, of sort of brutal death metal and you know it's yeah i think you know i think we'll still be talking about suffocation in 10 to 15 years time you know especially you know this album in particular and probably effigy of the forgotten i think them two are stonewall classics yeah yeah fully agreed mate yeah so uh, yeah it had to be thrones of blood it had to be it had to be in it it had to be in it so that's uh, Suffocation, Thrones of Blood. Um, yeah, absolute death metal royalty there. Um, <clears throat> right, so my next pick, I've gone with something completely different, but then it's completely different from everything because they just were. I've gone with uh, Black Number One by Typo Negative. Um, oh, from Bloody Kisses, released in 1993, which was Roadrunner's first gold record. Um, cool. Wow. Which, when you consider how weird an album it is, that was quite something. Yeah. Um, but this track, yeah, it's an eleven-minute fucking metal masterpiece, mate. It's got it's metal, it's doom, it's everything from Sabbath to the Beatles influence all over this track. Um, it's got the Monsters vibes. It's got Adam's Family vibes. Like Lily Monsters, fucking obviously referenced in the lyrics. So it's got that tongue-in-cheek kind of sound to it um obviously a lot of what pete still did was tongue-in-cheek but this was a it was sort of a humorous reference to a relationship pete had um with a with a gothic a girl from the gothic subculture and um funnily enough he wrote this while he was um what driving a garbage truck for a living I thought I you were know. going to say something else then. <laughs> yeah. He's driving, he's oh, driving sorry, the garbage you know, truck with his massive fucking hog, mate. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And, uh, but he, he was saying he was stuck in traffic, right? He was stuck in like a line to get into uh, dropping shite off at the, at the tip in his garbage truck. And he wrote this 11-minute song on a piece of paper while he was like waiting in a garbage it. truck. I mean, how the, f- Must that's, have been skill. Some that's skill. Just some people are wired differently, aren't they? Like, yeah. Yeah. How can you just write an 11 minute epic while you're fucking sat in a, sat in a like, line of traffic? Like it's mental. Um, but yeah, well, like we're saying, Pete, his voice is like no one else. And then no, there never will be anyone else with a voice no. like him either. So you know, he's, if someone does try and sound like him, you're like, oh, you're just trying to rip off. Pete it's a rip off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's just not many one-offs, mate, in the world. And fucking he was one of them. Personally. I think as a band, they were, innit? I think they were complete. I mean, I remember when we first heard him, Jim, wasn't it? I mean, it was something a bit compared to what we were listening yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit like, wow, what's this? But this song, man, is just so like, it's kind of, it's really catchy, but not in a, traditional way that a song's catchy and then it's got like all these different like sections to it all these different 
riffs, all these different like changes of mood and. But it's still probably one of my favourite typo oh, tracks. Probably my top three, yeah, top three vibe. tracks. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't listen to the edited version either. You have to listen to the full eleven yeah. minute in full to get the to get all the segments that work so perfectly like with each other and. Something I really love on this as well, like Kenny Hickey, who is also in the band. Um, his vocals, he does he does dual vocals on this, so all all his vocal lines like really complement Pete as well. He does the you know that the line you want to go out because it's raining and blowing that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does that bit. That's Kenny Hickey. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. So oh, it, shit. So it really like complements Pete's parts. It's just such a fucking great song, man. The production, the guitar tone on this track, especially, is like, it's fucking so like beefy, isn't it? So heavy. Yeah, man. Oh, what a what a masterpiece, mate. Uh, a song written about some hair dye. Yeah, it's mad. <laughs> Eleven minutes as well. It's mad. Yeah, man. Just absolute masterpiece, mate. Typo negative. Black number one. Just there won't ever be another one like it so yeah that's a what you got next for us mate um i've gone with death metal royalty Ooh. i've picked um chopped in <laughs> by a victory <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so yeah i've picked that um it's obviously their second record obviously Everyone knows that. Um, it was dropped on September the 19th in 1990. Um, what I always see thrown around often on um, the socials is obviously the fact that the cover art was used for what well, was meant to be for Sepultura, weren't it? Yeah, yeah of course. It um, it's mad, isn't Beneath it? Beneath Remains. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what people might not know is that the cover art was actually used in a HP Lovecraft collection called Ooh. Lovecraft's Nightmare. Oh, sick. Yeah, which I thought was fucking pretty, uh, pretty cool. Um, you know, I mean, this is, I, I think an obituary track had to, had to be in the playlist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't talk about that early year as a roadrunner without mentioning obituary. Um, and the thing that I think a lot of people probably love about obituary is that they went out to sort of show, they show that like death metal didn't need to be like crazy fast. They just like plodded along, you know, using sometimes just using the same, like three or four courts, just plodding along at a slow kind of chuggy pace. It's that swampy. Um, you can tell they're from the uh, Everglades swampy era. Um, <laughs> like location in florida can't you it comes across in the sound like yeah um 100 percent. obviously like tardy's voice is it's oh, unique it's, isn't it it's, it's unique it's crazy like back back then as well like i'm um, fucking real um one and of again the other how many points... go sorry on, no go, go on mate what one one of the one of the main points um that i sort of written down about this song in particular is just sort of how well his voice accompanies the music instrumentally i mean in the in this song the only lyrics are, cho are chopped in half that's all he says the rest of it is all just like you know ad-libbed screams and and sort of growls but you wouldn't fucking really notice 
Yeah, it's um, it, that's just his style, isn't it? He he could be singing his shopping list, and if he does it in, you do it in that <laughs> voice, and it and it has that. It's almost like another instrument. Yeah, it's just like, do you want that iceberg lettuce, John? Like, do you want it whole? No, <laughs> just in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like I was going to say, like with the suffocation, you know, with these new bands coming through, the influence that Obituary have had, especially the last couple of years, Mm. with a lot of these death metal bands coming through. I mean, like you say, it's that swampy, murky Florida Everglades sort of style of death metal. And we're seeing that in these new bands coming through. And there's a lot of them, a lot of them. Yeah, and yeah. I think that they're, they're obviously going down that obituary school, like Daz said, of you don't need to be super technical and, you know, a million notes every second. Like, you can just play two or three open chords, and if you put them together correctly and you, you know, you put a quality vocalist over the top of it, it can have the same impact. Yeah, agree. Yeah, agree. So that's obituary there. So, uh, Defa, next tune, mate. Next track is Gojira with the awesome Silvera. That's oh, a great song. Yeah, good. Great pick, track. It's from uh, obviously Magma, which was their sixth album. It was released June 17th, 2016. Uh, to quite high acclaim, actually. Um, I think the album before this, La Enfant Sauvage. Uh, mixed reviews wasn't it i think you know people want them to sort of play a certain way and i think that album probably didn't hit the heights for some people i still oh, think it's a really favorite. good album that's my oh, i think it's a great album but when you see some reviews i think people want it to go maybe a different way but then i think magma was that answer it was like okay you're saying that about this album we're going to give you this. And this track in particular is like, fucking, it raises the roof for oh, Gojira yeah. standards. It's an anthem, I mean, we've, it? it is an anthem. Um, they, for the actual album, they got a Grammy nomination for best rock album. And this single was in the category for best metal performance. So um, you can see why. Yeah. You can see, right. And another good fact was the band currently hold the record for the loudest concert and sound ever recorded. Really? A gig they did at the yeah, Stade de France. Fucking yeah. hell, mate. That's mad. Mad. It's mad. Yeah, I can understand. I've seen them live a few times, mate, and they are it's just absolute power coming off the stage. Yeah. Like, there's and no this, other way to describe it. Like. Yeah, and I think this track emulates a lot of that power. You know, there's it, no intros. There's no classical guitar melodies. It's literally in with that main riff. It yeah. literally gets your stroke at, to your throat straight away. It's bang in there. Duplantier's vocals are fucking superb on this track. It just blends so well. Mate, um, it's, it's just uh... an awesome track. It's so catchy. I, I don't know how you cannot like this track. Daz, you will love this track. Defra, I'll tell you the <laughs> I'll tell you something as well about this track, which is really unique. In the chorus, he's singing that chorus while two-handed tapping. So it's, it's like bad. the the chorus isn't a lot of choruses are normally simplified, aren't they? Yes. You get a couple of chords so that the chorus can sort. He's like two handed tapping that pattern while he's singing the chorus over the That's top mad. of it. It's, that just, yeah, that just shows how incredible they are. Musician. Yeah, yeah. it's mind blowing, mate. It is. But um, yeah. 
you got to have Gojira in there. And I just, when I was looking through, I just love this track. It's always a track that I've got on quite a few playlists. And as soon yeah, as you same. hear it, you just think, oh man, it's got to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like three and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking great. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, mate. It's a ch- yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. That's Daz. That's the effect that this track has. Mate. I know you're not a Gojira fanboy, but this album was really, really impressive. And this track was sort of back to their sort of heyday when they were doing a lot of the heavier stuff yeah and it's it's awesome and it's like i said three and a half minutes doesn't drag agree fully backed on that one um right my next pick we are going back to 1998 and i have gone with the opening track to vision of disorders fucking monumental imprint album Mate, um, what an oh, album. Oh. What an album. The song is called What You Are. And oh essentially, this is the musical equivalent, right, to fucking pissing off a hive full <laughs> of wasps, right, getting them all right, <laughs> and then locking them in, like shoving them in a fucking glass bottle, putting a lid on, and then just watch them go nuts. It's just like fucking... That is a great description. This song is rabid, mate. It is like furious fucking hardcore slash... When they say metalcore, this is what I think of as metalcore. Like Vision of Disorder, Earth Crisis, all those bands. And um, Tim Williams, mate, has got one of the best voices in hardcore metalcore history. Like his his angry fucking wasp voice is like so... (laughs) furious like like rabid but then the chorus is like really catchy and melodic and he sounds he's got like lane staley like esque uh vibes to his voice great shout great shout he really does remind me of lane staley mate in those um in in those melodic passages he did those melodic passages better than anyone else tim williams yeah he's like yeah yeah he's like a hugely hugely underrated underrated vocalist again the band were as well when it the, i think yeah, they're, they're, they're underrated they are underrated yeah. bands yeah, yeah they deserve more they, do, they deserve more disorder. recognition yeah yeah in imprint especially is a a monumental landmark album mate in that in that genre um this track itself has got so many killer riffs and grooves like it just changes <clears> rhythms <throat> it seems like it changes rhythms every five seconds yeah. um there's just a million ideas crammed into three minutes 30 like this track just never lets you rest for a second you think you know where it's going and then it switches up then it switches into another groove then it goes into a fucking chorus and you're like whoa what's yeah. going on here? and then proper head fuck yeah man it's one of the best album openers of in i was looking for all the roadrunner back catalog when we were putting this together and i was like i want to have an opening track off an album that just like punches you in the mush and i oh, as soon as i saw this i was like what you are vision of disorder that's the one man it's uh just a hugely underrated band and it, like i said imprint is one of the best albums yeah, ever for my time. money man agree mate agree yeah. yeah yeah so uh yeah what you are is the track vision of disorder is the band all right Daza, over to you mate for your next sick, sick mate we're going to october the 10th two thousand not a bad year uh, mm. um i've picked the song synthetic 
oh. from the band Spineshank. Oh, yes, mate. Love this song. Had to be. Had to be in it. it yeah, it, ha- it had to be, didn't it? Like, it's just such a fucking massive tune. Um, just a new metal. They're one of my favourite bands back yeah. then. Yeah, man. New metal floor-filling bopper. Yeah. It is a floor-filling bopper. Um you know, back it uh, takes you right back to the days of uh, spiked bleach blonde hair, criminal damage, and middle <laughs> yeah. lip piercings. Yeah, which, yeah, mate, yeah. Which is quite nice. So, yeah, so I was, I was like listening to this track yesterday. The production on this album is fucking insane, mate. You'd think yeah, it was wicked. recorded like last week. It's bananas. How it holds up yeah, so great. well. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's, it's got that electronic vibe crazy. to it, hasn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, Tommy Decker, who's the drummer, um, has got mad versatility techers, mate. Um, he also does all the electronics and co-production. So he's like I a double decker. Awesome. Yeah, he's like <laughs> Yeah, he's like a, he's like a, <laughs> he's like a triple decker. Yeah, yeah, mate, he is. <laughs> he's double like a triple decker. decker. Oh, like, I'm not really massive on double deckers. Do you see fans nah, of double decker? I'd, I'd eat a, a double decker. I, w- I would eat one, but I wouldn't buy one, if you know what I mean. <laughs> the waste man of chocolate. Yeah, if one fell whisper, out of a whisper, machine, whisper, 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 whisper. Whisper's the number one, man. Whisper, whisper golds, mate. Oh. <laughs> whisper golds <laughs> the next level. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> um. Yeah, the this 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 song going okay, back to this song. I can't talk about chocolate bars now. Every time I see Tommy Decker, I'm going to think of the chocolate. <laughs> um, but th- this this album in particular is just. I mean, it was hard. It's difficult to have picked a track of it because I think New Disease is a fucking absolute anthem as well. It is, mate, yeah. And talking about album openers as well, Jim, Asthmatic's a fucking rager. Yep, it is, mate, yeah. I had the title track to this, Daz, on the new metal mix. Yeah. Yeah, it's... yeah. That's, that's a fucking... That's so There's good, so mate, many mate. you could have had off this album, innit? There's a lot of bangers on it. There's a lot of bangers. <clears throat> but the chorus, um, I think the chorus is the selling point on this song, innit? Still, I wish the hun- Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So good, oh, Jimmy, like, Jimmy Decker. So good. <laughs> Jimmy Decker. But I think what makes the uh, what makes the chorus pop for me on this is the way that the verses are really simple, and yeah. it it makes that chorus explode. Then because the verses are just still like I can never feel you. It's really like understated. Yeah. And then it bursts into that chorus, and you're like, "Whoa, where'd that come yeah, from?" Yeah, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just a roof lifter, isn't it? Yeah, it is a chorus. roof lifter, mate. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Agree. I wish so, I could have seen this live. I was weird actually because, like, when we sort of put together these mixtapes and that, like, sometimes, like on YouTube and that, I'll Google the the version of the song like live, and I was watching this song live um this morning actually like and they're pretty decent like it was a pretty decent performance because you know sometimes like bands don't sound so great but they actually smashed it yeah especially when you've got that electronic element as well it's kind of hard to replicate live unless you're using like a laptop and and things like that yeah yeah Yeah. i wish yeah i wish i could have seen this but um like the the height of callousness was the album it came off i i still listen to that like 
semi-regular. Do you know what I mean? Oh my god, it was such a good album. I, it was such a good album. Man. I remember listening to this just like walking around as a kid, like with my discman. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah. Discman, oh, I loved my yeah, discman. Remember that? Oh, they were they were fucking shit though. Like the first sort they, of like they were because uh, if you just knocked it, it just fuck the the disc up, wouldn't it? Like I mean, the <laughs> yeah. it would interrupt the the thing. It wasn't yep, until they built to... in like stabilizers and that into it where you could actually walk you... around uninterrupted. You had to have a coat with big pockets in it because you'd have your discman <laughs> in one pocket yeah. and like three CDs in another pocket. <laughs> yeah, you, I had to have like one. The one that I had, I had to just have it flat all the time. It was a fuck. Yeah, walking around like that. Fucking nightmare. But Jim, we were Walkman. Da- Jim, we were Walkman days, weren't it? Yes. Sony man. Walkmans, weren't it? In our day, yeah. With the equaliser on the front, <laughs> they used to change up. It sure oh. was, mate. It sure Jeez, was. Good times. We were always fucked. Couldn't have had this playlist without a bit of spine shank nope. on there, lads. Could you? Fully backed, mate. Yeah, fully agreed on that one. Um, right, Defa. Right, we're jumping on a plane and we are going to. Canada. Oh, I thought you say Barbados. Oh, I wish. Baptized in blood. Oh, yes. On a mate. band. And the track down and down and out. There's another band that fucking disappeared oh, off the face. Mate, of the it's, it's. I mean, when you find. I mean, they were managed by Dave Mustaine. Yep. Yet they only released an EP, and this was the last album, self titled. That they released in 2010. Signed the Roadrunner, dropped the album, and then disappeared off the face of the planet. Yeah, they dropped yeah. their instruments and fucks up. And you've got, yeah, you've got someone like Dave must. I mean, Dave Mustay must must have seen potential in this band. Otherwise, he wouldn't have managed them. They're shit. But, of, yeah. I mean, this album, I mean, I remember you got me onto this album, Jim. It's, yeah, I kept telling you, didn't I? So like, you kept telling me, and I was like, yeah, I know the album. I, I can't remember. I think I've done it. I wasn't sure. And yeah, it's, you know, that blend of thrash, you know, crossover, metalcore. It's sort of got all of that in there. But this track in particular stands out. Melodic, catchy chorus, got chunky riffs, got the gang vocals, yep. you know, up tempo uh, breakdowns, that sub chorus riff that comes in. Oh, oh my mate, God. I love, I love that. It's and, a, oh, mate, it's, I like the, uh, I love that chorus behind the solo. Yeah, yeah. It's just fucking mad. And like I said, you know, the core, you know, it's that melodic, anthemic chorus, you know, what they would go into. It's like it's like a party vibe. It's like a party track, isn't it? It's a very happy track. Yeah. Like part yeah, it's like a a kind of you know, like municipal waste, like party metal. Like you can yes. fucking have a rager and chuck it you're just like down a beer and that's what baptized in blood remind me of. Yeah, that's a great shout. Like it's sim- yeah, similar sort of... T- yeah, even though they go heavy, they go very thrashy on some of it, but you can't help but be in that party mood. Yeah, 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 you can't help. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, again, another underrated band. And it's such a shame because this album is fucking fantastic. And it is, mate. Do you know they yeah. were named after a death song as well? Yes, Oh, yes. Mad. Yeah, named after bat. Obviously, like I said they had potential. Bloody. They had so much potential, and then I don't know what happened. They had yeah, the yeah. backing. They were like you said, they were on the biggest, one of the biggest labels in in music, and yet I don't know. Very is sad. I think is the word because yeah. yeah, this album was just phenomenal. 
But what a legacy. I mean, you yeah, know. we've left one album behind. Yeah, as good as as good as, as this, this one. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Down, man. Down, out. Oh, Those mate. gang vocals, mate. Oh, it's, it's yeah. Great. It's great. It's great. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I love a gang vocal. Oh, I fucking love it, mate. Yeah, great track. Yeah, Down and Out by Baptized in Blood. Killer track. Um, right, so my next pick, um, I have gone with um, my favourite Kill Switch Engage song, which is In Do. Oh, mate, I think it's mine. Oh, mate, it's mine too. Yeah, from yeah, Disarm the Descent. For me, for sure. Yeah, yeah, mate. Um, released 2013. Um, this was the first single they dropped after Jesse rejoined the band. So it's fair to say there was a lot riding on this track, weren't there? Like, if they hadn't have hit the money, it would have been like, oh, well, Howard's gone and... Bring yeah. Howard back, blah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah. yeah. But, like, not only did Killswitch fucking smash it out of the park with this track, they released my favourite ever Killswitch Engage song, which is, you know, mad. Yeah. Like, yeah. to just I, come I, back. And, I mean, the song is, essentially, it's just classic. The formula is classic Killswitch, isn't it? Killer riff, yeah. shouted chorus, anthemic clean chorus, but the they just did it to the highest standard you could ever imagine like it's just such a catchy track i don't know how you it just gets into your head yeah yeah and you cannot help have it as an earworm for the next two weeks after you've listened to it you can't get out your head that chorus is like massively uplifting that's empowering as well jesse's lyrics um yeah so fucking catchy like you said def and just uh it's just the most perfect, like, I'm back, baby, you could ever yeah. imagine from Jesse, you know? Do you know what I mean? Like, 100%. I love um, Adam D's death metal backing vocals on this. He goes, like, super fucking yeah, guttural in his, like, in his backup <laughs> vocals. It's so I fucking good. love it. I love his fucking backup vocals. Yeah, man. yeah. Because like, they're so... Especially live as well. It just yeah. goes mad, don't he? Like, Ooh. They're so, like, absurdly Ooh. deep, aren't they? <laughs> yeah it does it on fucking purpose mate right but we 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 talk about on here like quite a lot like little bits in music that just get you and um that bit as it goes i know where you're going as it goes into that solo and jesse goes yeah and like it goes into that (laughs) i fucking love that bit it's goosebumps isn't it it's goosebump moment that yeah and then it's a great solo as well the sound on the guitars in that is fucking superb it's an actually killer solo, mate. Um, just Killswitch doing this better than anyone else, essentially. And it, I think In Due Time is a perfect song. Like, Yes, it's, I agree. It's yeah. a 10 out of 10 song, isn't it? It is, absolutely, mate. Everything about it is 10 out of 10 perfect. So, yeah, my favourite ever Killswitch song there, um, In Due Time, had to be on it for me, mate, honestly. so Yeah, 100%. Yeah, uh, Dazza. Hit us with your next pick. <laughs> I've um I've gone with a band that uh I I I love since um I remember when they dropped their uh sort of first record um but I've taken this song off of their second record, The Impossibility of Reason. Oh yes. Oh my um, god. The 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 uh the band of Chimera and the song is Power Trip. Oh my goodness me. Oh you have have you changed it up? 
Yeah, I think I switched it up. Like, oh, I've you slag. You told me it was down again, trip. and I was fucking... Oh, down again is my favourite... D- d- down again down again is like a fucking banger, isn't it? Power trip, was, power trip, you know, I think, is my favourite. Yeah, I mean, it's it's between that or down again. Like, I don't really know what happened there. You know what I'm like? I get a bit, like, sort of fucking <laughs> confused. I've obviously written down something, but, you know, in, in my head, we'll just go with down again. Fuck it. We'll just go with that. <laughs> Um, because that, that that's that's my favourite song off of this record. Yeah, yeah, same. as well. Yeah, like down down again, um, you know, because the key the keyboard sort of piano intro is so good, isn't it? Is it's magnificent, so isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do, building, do. yeah, builds up the song do, do, into fucking literally a one way ticket to Groove City, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we like. <laughs> you know, um, Bear Alice. And chains vibes on this yes yeah there are mate yes. again like we say with tim williams mark hunter was really like influenced by by lane staley weren't he yeah i mean they seem to have um well they injected more of those sort of elements i think predominantly in this album like those yeah. different sort of like you know the, the, goes more to Metallica than to Corn. This record, yeah. The first album was quite new metal, kind of new metal heavy, weren't it? Like a cross between new yeah. metal and Fear Factory. Yeah, definitely. And then with this one, they sort of injected all these other, like you know, different sort of influences. Big bad boy grooves. Um, I think that they were a criminally underrated band, Chimera. They should have been fucking like monolithic. They should have been, in mate. In my opinion. They should have been. I, I don't think the constant changes in lineup helped them. No. It seemed like it seemed like every album. It? Yeah. It seemed like every album there was a different drummer and two new guitarists. And I don't know if that just held it shouldn't hold you back though, should it? If the if the quality of the songwriting is fucking exceptional, which it always was, that shouldn't really be an issue. No, yeah, I, I could imagine that it's probably quite disruptive to a degree, isn't it? Like, if you've got to keep bloody, like, an exhausting, I mean, you just want to yeah. keep a cohesive unit, don't you, really, as, as much as you can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the speed and aggro all the way throughout um, the record um, in general. But, as I said, like, it was hard to pick a song from this one. It could have been any of the tracks. There's so album, many mate. good ones, like Power Trips, like a fucking banger. <sighs> Pure Hatred's a banger. It's, um, it's a banger album, know. isn't it? Yeah, from start to finish, mate. It's... Yeah, one of my favourite parts on this is where Mark Hunter's just like, motherfuck it all! You know what I mean? That's <laughs> crazy bit. The chorus, the chorus in this so is, is the chorus in this is fucking so good. It's like this is like a mid-paced like stomper, isn't it? Really, but that chorus, yeah, man, my life. He's oh. not alright. Oh. Down again. Oh. <laughs> well, good, mate. Oh, so fucking so great. Good. I wish I'd seen him live. Did you, you two see him live? No. no I didn't. wish I did. Didn't, mate. No. Imagine this song fucking live. I'm going oh, to be mad. You'd be mad. Him. That is going to be mental. That's going on. After this, this is a this is a track that it. goes on all of my playlists whenever I make one. Uh, like down again, Crimea is always yeah. on there just an absolute tune and like you said the impossibility of reason a bit like that vision of disorder album earlier is massively underrated yeah i agree yes yeah, i think majority really. i think majority of the chimera back it is isn't it it's just so they done they were so underappreciated i think but they've got this yeah. 
cult following. But yeah, they were fucking awesome. Yeah, Breeze. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, um, Defa, what have you uh, got next for us, mate? We are going to an album that was released October 22nd, 2012. And it was a part of a concept album, Stone Sour. Oh, with yes. Abs- yes. Absolute Zero off the fourth album, House of Gold and Bones, part one. Yep. Uh, so obviously it's another band fronted by Corey Taylor, our mate from Slipknot. Uh, but something a bit different, you know, it hasn't got that Slipknot vibes. You might have sort of the Slipknot type growls in it, but it's mainly, well, this album in particular was dubbed, and I quote, Pink Floyd's The Wall meets Alice in Chains' Dirt. I think you can't get much more varied than that. I mean, there's some big that's words, didn't they? <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, some big, I mean, when I saw that, I thought, am shit. I reading that right? I thought that's... I mean, Pink Floyd's The Wall is one album. Seven we know levels. dirt. There's a lot of, there's yeah, a lot in between that. that. Yeah, I, yeah, mate, you, you've got to come up with some good if you're going to that is that's That is very odd. But nevertheless, <laughs> this is, uh, I wasn't really familiar with Stone Sour until probably a couple of years after these albums. Obviously, I never realised it was, Corey Taylor so I was quite surprised he was doing something um, a bit different but when I first heard Absolutes I mean again it's like that Chimera where we're talking about that it's one of these tracks that if I'm ever going to add a Stone Sour song on a playlist it's always going to be Absolute Zero I think it's the best track yeah I agree it's catchy this you know Corey Taylor sings like a fucking pro on this with his cleans when he goes into a bit more hefty on the sub chorus it's just a, a fucking great track you know it's got that energy that you'd expect from Corey and it's an earworm track it is yeah. an earworm track yeah it is yeah you know, it was a single. I think they released Gone Sovereign, which was the first track on the album. They released it as a double single. And I think that's where I first... I mean, Gone Sovereign's a very good track as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, Stone Sour, I felt, you know, put it's something a little bit different. I think, you know, they didn't get well received for the last... I think it was, was it Hydrograd, wasn't it? was the last album. Yeah, that, that was... Mm, yeah, I mean, I love Corey, but I don't know. There's a couple of tracks on there I liked, but... Yeah, they're a band think... for me that have like a pepper, like a peppering of decent songs from the yeah. entire fucking back catalogue. I'd listen to a greatest hits. Yes, 100%. I, I agree. I think you know this album is probably one of the better. I think part one is better than part two, but I think I agree with Jim. It, they are more of a greatest hits band, but yeah. I would take Absolute Zero on with majority of tracks i think it's yeah it's a, a, it's a 10 out of 10 track it sounds great live as well yeah i think i saw it when uh one of the donnington's when it they play one of the downloads yeah and it just it sounds even better there it sounds like it was recording there yeah it's really so it's great at writing singles that's for sure yes they yeah. are yeah 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 absolutely but yeah, I think worthy of uh, getting in there because yeah, it is it is a classic. It's a classic track, and I think it deserves to be on there. I remember when they first came came out, um, and they did the first album had the song "Get Inside." Oh, that's it. That? Yeah, yeah. Banger, it's a son. Fucking killer. Banger. That is a fucking. Get it. I think obviously I've. 
Daz, it's the it's the rapping. They, the I think, verse. No, it's got to be this guy. Yeah, it's so it's so good, mate. <laughs> and, then, and then the second single off of that album was on the fucking Spider-Man bloody movie yes. soundtrack. Like yes, bother. Big, Huge. Mate. He's got like the uh, Spider-Man mask ring on and everything. That's how fucking massive that was, mate. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah, yeah. deceptively huge they were. Woo. Yeah, but then they kind of just sort of they never really hit that again, right? I wouldn't say. No, no. I, like you said, I think sprinted like you said perfect when it it was sprinkles, wasn't it? Yeah, like, it was sprinkled yeah, like the odd two, three banger. tracks on an album, and then yeah, it's they kind of got less. Aggressive you wanted as slip, the albums when you on. wanted. They got more melodic rock. Yeah, you wanted slip, not you wanted. But yeah, this especially that last right, album. Yeah. The last album was very radio friendly rock, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Chad Kroger ain't happy about it. <laughs> he wasn't happy, was he? <laughs> Did you read about that? Did you read <laughs> yeah, him? Did you read was, about that night? Yeah. That was <laughs> joking. Yeah. It's funny that, as fuck. That was yeah. funny, mate, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Stone Sour, absolute zero. Um, pissing off Chads all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right, um, my next pick, I've gone um, with Weeds by Life of Agony. From oh my god, their 1997 Soul Searching Sun album. Um, it was my introduction this track to Life of Agony through a Kerrang CD. And um, this album was basically it was marked a change in their sound from more of that like New York hardcore sort of stompy stuff that they were doing before into like more like melodic trippy rock, yeah. Um, and yeah, this this track it. It's one of those tracks that instantly gets his hooks into you, and as soon as as soon as I heard it, like Shelter earlier, this was always going to be one of my favourite songs. Uh, it still is, man. Um, massively anthemic again, like we've mentioned loads of times already. But it's got the lyrics to this are like really sad, like they're kind of like someone has lost all hope. It, I'm not sure if it's a sounds supposed to sound like a suicide note, but that's almost what it feels like. Like some of the the first line is like, if tomorrow never shows, I want you all to know I loved you all. You're beautiful, and it's like that's got that feeling of it, hasn't it? Mm. And yeah, the um, like the chorus is these weeds have grown where the sun once shone, and it's really like it's really sad and m- melancholy. But the track itself is really uplifting and anthemic. Yeah, it's, it's, got it's really they do the balance play. well. Yeah, yeah, but obviously like. We won't, I, I won't go into like obviously from me, Mina's struggles um, during this time sort of she was sort of transitioning and and you know struggling with her life as Keith at the time and the I think the darkness in this the lyrics on this really reflects her struggles her personal struggles at this time um, but the song itself is just it's a simple it's kind of like a simple rock song, um, but it's just beautifully written. The chorus is huge and just hits you in the gut, man. It's so, it's so like powerful that chorus and the solo, like the wah wah drenched solo on this is absolutely perfect. One of my favourite solos ever. It's not technical; it just fits perfectly in into the song. It's yeah. just so beautifully done. Um, Life of Agony, you're a special band, man, and this is a special song um, for me, especially like, like I said, it's the, the song I, I discovered them on and it's still one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, so yeah, yeah, great Weeds, band. yeah, Weeds, Life of Agony, fucking incredible track. Right. That's that wonderfully put, uh, Jim. That was wonderfully put. Yeah, mate. Thanks. Thank oh, you. Man. I was, I, 
I struggled with a little bit of the write up of that song, but mm. yeah, I'm glad glad Man, I could do it justice, good. mate. Yeah, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah, um, right, that's a last pick, mate. What are well, you taking well, my, us home uh, on, baby? Well, I'm taking us home, mate, on a Slipknot track because you know we're never fucking doing a Roadrunner mixtape. You know, Agreed. without having Agreed. a fucking Slipknot track. No, on. You fully, forget, no, you can forget Agreed. it. You can forget it, pal. So um, <laughs> get out of town. <laughs> yeah, get out of town. So rather than go with something, you know, sort of the older material, um, I think I remember when we were discussing the concept of doing this and we were sort of throwing around some bits and pieces. I think we kind of like decided that we'll drop in Unsainted. Oh, yes. I think it's the correct decision as well. Yeah. Like yeah it's me, an absolute, it was Slipknot coming back with their fingers up saying, we've still got it. And fuck me, man. What yeah, a man. track. Oh, yep. my God. Oh, my God. I remember when this came out, like, um, I've like, me and my brother and that would just like go, like he would just come into my room, just singing the chorus. Like, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'll never kill myself to save my soul. And we just fucking doing that. And we'd, we'd get pissed up and fucking be bang, <laughs> banging it out. It's almost had that sort of like oasis yes. feel of like, yeah, yeah. Fucking smashed up, mate. I'll have my arm around you and we'll fucking bang this chorus out, mate, to the kingdom come, son. But then fucking Corey man. turns... Corey, didn't he? Yeah. And then it goes off, mate, and it's <laughs> mate. fucking beautiful, man. Yeah, such a fucking unreal song. Unreal. It is. So we said about Killswitch earlier, like, there was pressure on them on that track. There was pressure on Slipknot as well, weren't there? Because, like, All Hope Is Gone and Volume 5 weren't the best received. No. I like both of them, but they weren't the best I received. Do. So yeah. there was a lot of pressure on them coming back into this and to drop... I mean, I know they dropped the single. Um, what's the single called? Before I can't remember. Um, oh, uh, all out, so life, wait, all out, yeah. no, all, all out, out life. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a stand. It was a weird. There was a sort of like it was a, a standout one. So that yeah. was a banger, and you thought, hmm, maybe, just maybe, they put some petrol in the tank, and then this dropped, and it was like, whoa, they filled that fucker up to the top, man. Yeah, well, there was a lot of there was a lot of yeah. eyes on a minute. I remember the lead up when it to this album being dropped and i think it the video was premiering on youtube and it was the first listen for everyone so i remember there was a lot of eyes especially on social media yeah it was I a just it's a, it's a masterful blend a masterful blend of uh slipknot's past and present i think yeah. they've just absolutely nailed it with up with this and the album in in general actually to be honest with you i thought i thoroughly enjoyed it yeah i love that album yeah it's class um like that's definitely said like Corey sounds rabid on these on the verses doesn't he yeah it, it's one of his most he's like angriest performances for years i think in the in the in the verse. crazy yeah. as well because he's like how old is he now he must be getting on to like late mid 40s, 40s. Yeah, mid, yeah. mid 40s late 40s, late 40s. yeah yeah and you know all of them to be honest with you do you know what i mean all of them have been putting their bodies on the line for decades yeah they don't have to keep doing it do they you know they've nope. probably made a tidy tidy living to not have to get out on stage and sweat their bollocks off and beat each other up in boiler suits every night but there's obviously Absolutely. that fire still in the belly there to yeah quite, so, yeah. Look, quite looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next because they've got an album in the tank now haven't they or what well, have from, you seen the old the rumors going around now yeah. from the teases that they're doing for that it sounds like it's going to be fucking oh, I like, can't wait expect it, the unexpected sort of mm. vibe to it 
Yeah, man. While you're on a roll, just keep smashing them out, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly, man. Yeah, pure resurgence material. This is great. So that's what we went with. Great pick, mate. Unsainted. Yeah, so Defa, take us home, baby. Your last track. Five track. Right, yeah. So this was a late change. Originally, I had uh, Dog Eat Dog. Strips on right. from you all did, borough yeah. kings. I mean, yeah. that was it's a fucking tune. I mean, I remember we got that album, that was sort of sick. That was about 96 when it Jim that dropped, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. So I remember getting that, and I had it, and that was the only one out of all the tracks that I picked. What I was thinking, I'm not sure if it belongs here, even yeah. though it's a tune, but then I changed it, and I think we all agreed it was the right decision. And I bought in Opeth. With hair apparent. So something very similar to Doggy Dog, but... Very similar, yeah. <laughs> um, it's obviously from Watershed, again, which I think is a very underrated album. It's their ninth album. You know, Opeth for a fucking wonderful band. And um, this is actually the last album by them to have any death growls or any death metal elements to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of the end of a beautiful journey, but then... The albums after this are still fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you don't. I think, you, mate, it's like completing a game. You don't want to keep playing the same game and over and over again. So, yeah, they completed good. it, and then the, yeah, they've done like bonus levels, and they're still going through that even from the album that released a couple of years ago. Yeah, so it's great. Um, so some facts about this therapy. It was I laughed when I read this. <laughs> it was a downloadable track on Rock Band Four. I mean, oh. how anyone could play this fucking track. <laughs> I want to see evidence of on it. Expert, on expert. On expert. Yeah, it must have been it. like a bonus end level because Jesus Christ, man, you ain't playing this. This is just technical, <laughs> isn't it? It's got everything on it. Yeah. Um, I was so, so tempted. I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Watershed album. Yes. The yes. opening track, Coil, is probably one of the best clean sung songs opeth have done even though it's about three minutes long mm. Ackerfeld's vocals on it are absolutely incredible you then got uh female vocals natalie lorix who was dating the drummer martin axenrot at the time so that's why she appeared in her part on coil and i oh, think okay. it then blends in to hair apparent really nicely so i was going to do it as a double drop so oh, I think nice. a lot of people yeah, yeah. see Coil, but I just felt, no, I'll keep it because I think Hair Apparent deserves its moment, if you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was the, the album was actually second in Metal Hammer's top 50 albums of 2008. Can you guess what was number one? What it lost to? 2008. 2008. I'd be Kid Rock or something shite like that. No. Daz, come on, baby. I, I'm going to blank, mate, 2008. Like, it was Metallica, Hardwired, Self-Destruct. That was number one. no wonder I'm not going to get it. I ain't listening this to This was number shit. two. This was number two. Oh, I hate shit. We'll <laughs> get yeah, on that yeah. as well. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, it, it was a, a great album. The song, 8 minutes, 50 seconds. Probably by Opeth standard, it's probably normal. I mean, they're usually into sort of the double figures yeah on the tracks but i like the way from coil from that real melodic you know 
sort of peaceful sitting under the tree enjoying you know ding, 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 you know <laughs> and then you get this it's like you can imagine the clouds disappear gray clouds are coming yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. like all hell's gonna fucking oh, break loose <laughs> yeah it's like real gloomy feel you know there's that touch of horror you know it's like piano keys it's like a horror film mm. yeah, like Castle something's Rain gonna happen yeah it's yeah, like yeah. something's gonna happen and then it kicks in it's like technical proggy death metal fucking brilliance and it's all growls all the way through there's no cleans in it it's killer fucking song man it is a killer track it's so underrated and the drumming on it is just fucking ridiculous uh and again it's a musical journey through the sort of nine minutes of the track it's got its slow moments it's got its real heavy moments got a great solo in there as well and i'm so happy that i I changed it because I think Dog Eat Dog wouldn't have had the same uh, <laughs> wouldn't have had the same feel to it. So yeah, oh, but, um, I, again, I think with Roadrunner, I think Opeth for one of those bands, they've got to be they've got to be on there. I know they weren't all on there, but the albums they had on Roadrunner were fucking spectacular. But this track is one of my favourite by them. So yeah, I'm glad I changed it. I'm glad yeah. you changed it too, my friend. Yeah, yeah I am as yeah. well, mate. Like yeah, for fucking the tits. Yeah, great, great, uh, great choice. Right, so on to the last track, finishing it up. I'm going uh, with Three Inches of Blood. Um, oh the song God. is called Trial of Champions. Oh my God. 2007. Fucking outrageously brilliant Fire Up the Blades. I mean, that's a great album name. Fire Up the Blades, baby. This is a fucking absolute peach of an album. Every is one of the time you listen to it. Yeah, yeah. One of the best heavy metal albums of the last 20 years, mate. Like, I could have picked again a handful of tracks off this album, but trial three minutes 30 of absolute fucking heavy metal perfection boy it's that opening riff and then i prefer the earlier incarnation of uh three inches where they had the two the dual vocals so you had yeah, like yeah. cam pipes like rob halford king diamond ah! and but then they had that really raspy fucking screamed vocal as well and Oh, they were so perfect together. It's, it just, it fitted so well, man. This track is like just anthemic, fucking red-blooded, fist-pumping, fun, heavy metal. Like, it, it just the only way you can describe it. Like, it's got that killer breakdown in the middle with like a Hammond organ behind it, which yeah, might yeah. sound <laughs> cheesy and shite in the wrong hands, but they just use it so well. So that it like beefs up the sound. Um, there's a shredding solo on here, man, as well. So sick. Um, the solo is fucking yeah, sick. On it this. is. There's loads of turns of pace. So you think, you know what you're getting and then it goes off into one direction and then it changes pace into back into another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the man of the match on here is the drumming for me on this track. There's so many like sick little drum feels and double bass patterns and stuff that yeah, you man. pick out and you're like, whoa, where did that come from? Like the drumming on this is fucking phenomenal. But I miss this band so much, man. Three inches of blood. They're so yeah, again, it's another band. It's another band you got me on. And like I said, this album and was it the album after? Yeah, I can't remember the album after. that's it. I mean, those two are just yeah. I still go back to them now. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
I fire up the blades, especially, mate. It's, a, it's one of the 10 best. Out of 10 album. Yeah, yeah 100%. One of the best metal albums, like I said, of the last fucking 20 years or so. Missed absolute metal perfection, this track, mate. You yep. can imagine just pulling your sword out and going to battle while this, while this track's playing. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's why it's called Trial of Champions, isn't it? Like, uh, Yeah, you know exactly, I'm gonna, mate. Uh, I'm going to bang it on while I'm playing Chivalry. Oh, Daz, this mate, it'll go, it'll go hand in hand, mate. It'll go hand in hand, mate. I'll live stream it. I'll live stream it. Mate, like the track, the track <laughs> names off here, like Night Marauders, um, Goat, Goat Riders Horde. Like trial of <laughs> champions, it's just like night marauders. Night marauders is a banger as well. Oh my god, that's fucking super. It is like track. taking your like leading leading the battle. Uh, your, yeah, going out into battle. Yeah, that's what yeah. this album. Oh, absolutely killer. So that's it. Last track, three inches of blood. Uh, trial of champions. But wait, <laughs> just when you thought it was over, we got a bonus track for you, boy. <laughs> That was done really well, Rewind. (laughs) And of course, we couldn't we couldn't finish this with any other track than the end from the Roadrunner United All-Star Sessions album released back in 2005 that celebrated the 25th anniversary of Roadrunner. Um, If you're not familiar with the concept, four captains from Roadrunner's past 57 artists from 45 bands. It's mad. It's mad. Yeah. So Monty Connor essentially picked four captains, Dino Cazares, Joey Jordison, Rob Flynn, and uh, who was that? Matt Hafey. Matt Hafey. Yep. They wrote a handful of songs each and just got loads of artists to come in and perform the songs with them. Um, and it's fucking brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. The results were fucking incredible. Yeah, the especially when you watch so when you watch the uh, the video, you can get it on YouTube, isn't the it? Documentary, yeah, the, the documentary of it making it. I mean, seeing all these musicians yes. come together, it's like a dream team, isn't it? You never it thought is. you would see it. It's incredible. It's, it's just incredible watch and to it, listen yeah. as well. It's an absolute must watch if you're a metal fan. That Roadrunner United making of documentary, it's a must watch, isn't it? It's so. Mm-hmm. Seeing like Mike Smith from Suffocation, oh, just mate, that is banging out those glass beats. It just shows how good he is. Yeah, seeing Glenn Benton coming in and just Ooh, Glenn Benton's jokes, and he is jokes on that. Yeah, man. Ah, uh, but Hafey as well. I mean, as a team captain, I mean, he was years old nineteen, and he was yeah. I mean, he was he fitted in. I mean, he, you just knew he was going to be a star. Yeah. I mean, even then, he was. You know, to be a captain, I mean, that is just fucking unreal. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Writing songs for, like, King Diamond and stuff at 19 yeah. years old. Like, mind-blowing shit. Um, but yeah. the end was the was the single released, wasn't it? Um, that pre, pre-empted the album. Um, music was written by Dino Cazares. The lyrics were li- written by Matt Hafey himself. Um, the track featured Logan Mader. Uh, obviously, Machine Ed, Reese yeah. Fulber, who's a um, long-time collaborator with Fear Factory, um, Naja, who was the bass player in, she was the bass player in Cold Chamber, yeah, and um, Roy Mayorga uh, on drums, who's drummed for every band in the world ever. Like, if you see a band, Roy Mayorga's probably drummed in them at some point. He so, like, is, but he gets around, old Roy. This just a really fucking catchy, upbeat, uplifting song, isn't it? I think it sounds very trivium. I know Hafey sings on it. It does sound, if you were to put this on a trivium album, it would fit 
quite perfect with that, yeah. I think. Well, you can hear the the mu- yeah. musically wise, it kind of reminds me of Digi Mortal Wearer Fear Factory. Which yeah, is quite yeah. Simple, groovy, kind of almost new metal bounce to it. Mm. But then, yeah, Hafey has his, the way he sings, he has his yeah. melodic way, and it just, it sounds so right. Especially in the chorus. Yes. The chorus is one of the catchiest choruses he's ever written, I think. Um, yeah, it's just a, we had to end this with a song called The End, where everyone yes. collaborating together for, for Roadrunner. Um, yeah, perfect way to end this. So Absolutely. there we go. Roadrunner mixtape, baby. Killer selections. Yeah, mate. Get it in your ear holes because um, in the episode description will be a link to the Spotify and Apple Music playlists. Bung this on shuffle tomorrow. Have a right old lovely nostalgic time for yourselves. And yeah, have uh, a lovely Friday. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook or wherever, uh, wherever you do your social in, and uh, let us know what you thought of uh, our picks. And, you know, if there were any that you felt should have been on there, let us know because we'll be doing a part two of this at some point. Um, so yes. absolutely, yes. there was too much that we missed off that, that we all need to put in. Um, so, yeah, let us know what you thought. We'll be back again V soon with um, some more killer interviews um, we've got lined up and uh, our end of June roundup coming in a couple of weeks as well. So, yeah, stay tuned. Plenty more bongers and mash for you. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Until then, see you later. See you later, captains. See you later.